Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. This program is sponsored by Amplified Peace. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Amplify Peace. We are all about exploring how we can listen, learn, and live differently in this crazy world. Together, we want to discover the impact of empathy, the strength of unity, the power of love, and the beauty of humanity. I'm your host, Lisa Jernigan, and joining me today is my good friend, Dr. Evangeline Wanjeski. Wanjeski. Yeah, you're gonna have to help me with that because yeah, well, I'm guessing. Of there we go. Yeah. Well, and actually, it's Doctor Evangeline Wengetchi. Yes, there yes. we go. Who is a public health practitioner and a licensed psychotherapist, and she has spent 15 years working in the field of integrated behavioral health care as a licensed psychotherapist and a public health practitioner. Dr. Evangeline works includes training of trainers in the area of self care and self worth childhood trauma and its effect on adults. And you've also have uh, founded the Kenyan Alliance for Mental Health, which you partner with Grand Canyon University here in Phoenix to develop a professional training program. And we want to hear a little bit more about that. But I don't need to, to tell your story. We want you to share your story. And so we're here just to listen to your life journey. I know a little bit, but I'm just going to start off. And first of all, welcome to Amplify Peace. It's Thanks. just an honor to have you and to have your voice. And we're I'm excited for our listeners to learn from you as well as I'm looking forward to learning from you. So can you share a little bit about your story and what has informed your work today? Wow. Thank you, Lisa. I truly appreciate this. It's amazing. And of course, our audience, everybody listening to us as women, um, thank you for up- amplifying our voice. Mm-hmm. And here's the journey of a girl from Kenya. I was born and raised in Kenya and uh, moved to this country, the United States of America, great country. We thank God for this nation, but also from my roots, you know, coming from Kenya, uh, growing up in a, unfortunately, a dysfunctional home, family, mom and dad fighting, bickering, watching my own biological father a man who should have been the one protecting us, providing for his family, right? The head of the household. He should have been that man who shields his his children. Uh, But maybe it's around, maybe I was about five or six, Lisa, and I was playing outside and watching my two, my parents running after each other. And there goes my dad running after my mother with a machete. Mm. Uh, it just, you know, nights of chaos and terror. Uh, there were nights that my mom, so they tell me I was young, I was five and six. Um, and I hate that, you know, I'm starting my story with this kind of trauma, you know, voice and negative way. It's going to end well. So no, but it informs. It's like, because we generally have a pain point that we start from. Absolutely. It's our work. Yeah, there is hope. You know, there is always hope. There's that light. 
by the grace of God. But for me as a child, you know, growing up in that part of, uh, an, I mean, country or world environment, um, my mother, thank God, for a woman who's smart, educated, well-informed, knows her position. My mother was a school teacher and she was a warrior at heart, protecting her children. Uh, my dad did a lot of farming. So, of course, my mother would always spend time going out, you know, going to school Monday through Friday. She's busy. She's focused, you know, and here's a man who's left behind. I don't know what issues or his own childhood and childhood experiences. I don't have that information. Uh, but just growing up in that environment of luck, there was no love. There was food. There was shelter. Right. There was a good dress during Christmas, mm -hmm. but there was no peace. And that was something that was so important and still is important in every home. So uh, years after that, of course, waking up sometimes at night and you hear, you know, people like fighting or somebody screaming and then you have to jump through the window. We are six of us in our family. I have six. We are six siblings. I'm a middle child. Mm -hmm. And the older sisters, they were able to escape the terror. I couldn't escape. I couldn't jump through the window. So I was always the one left behind for the mm -hmm. most part. And I remember one time my grandmother, because she was our neighbor, and she heard me crying because everybody had taken off. Of course, they had to take off for their own life. And I was left behind crying. And my grandmother came and found me literally. Lisa, I was bleeding, nose bleeding. Well, as I remember or recall, my dad was so frustrated that everybody had taken off. He didn't have a chance to beat them up and all. And because I was crying, I didn't know, he didn't know what to do with me. And so he slapped me on the face. So I was nose bleeding. My grandmother came and there she was just cleaning me up. You can imagine how I mean, she was cussing his son. Right. <laughs> right. And, you know, advocating. What are you doing? What is this about? But uh, I'm saying all that because as one who is now working in this great field of mental health, integrated care, it's just an example of when when it comes to trauma or mental health issues, it doesn't matter whether you're a Kenyan, mm -hmm. an American living in Arizona or Japan, you know, issues are issues and mm -hmm. we must take them seriously and we need to address them. And we're not going to be shy. We will not be silenced. It doesn't matter what happened in my childhood. I have made up my mind and I invite other women to the table and stand, you know, do what you need to do. Be heard, be seen, command it because it is needed. And it's us women to protect our children, to protect even, you know, self. I need to be healthy. I need to be whole. I cannot be successful and meet my goals or get to my destiny if I am broken. And therefore, Lisa, thank you for the platform because we get to tell our stories. These are not just stories. These are real life experiences. And therefore, someone must stand up to it. And it's us.
you are, I wish people could see your face as <laughs> I do. You're pure joy. I mean, your whole countenance. And as I'm thinking, as I'm listening to your story, you have every right to allow that story to define who you are, to be someone that's better, to be someone that continues that cycle, that generational cycle. Like you said, you don't know what your father's story was, even how far back like trauma was in his lineage. And we see so often that these patterns of abuse and dysfunction just keep getting repeated generation after generation. What I appreciate about your story, there's so much, but you basically said, I'm not going to be defined by this and I'm going to do something about it. And I'm not going to continue this narrative. It's going to stop with me. Can you address that? Like, because when you're in trauma, I can't even understand. And I just got back from Kenya a couple of weeks ago. Yay. So I'm, I'm mentally like I, I've been out in the villages. I've been out, you know, outside of Nairobi and seeing a lot of things. So I can kind of visually um, imagine some of what, where, you know, where you're the context of where you lived, but it's hard to break out of that. No matter where you live, like you said, if I live in Arizona, if I live in Japan, if I live in Kenya, um, we're all humans with, and trauma is no respecter of persons. It, it happens. Address how you decided. And then what were some of the first steps, even starting probably in your mind? Yeah. Yeah. We, we, and you're right. We must work on our mind up here, upstairs. I call it right. The, the mind is a machine and it doesn't stop. Even when you go to bed, when you sleep, it's working. You know, something is going on. Some people have nightmares. You know, some people have wake up uh, screaming or crying because of terror of the past, right? Thank God I never got to that point, you know. But it it wasn't for me a day that I woke up and decided, okay, I'm not going to be, you know, pushed against. It, It took time. Don't forget, you're in Kenya, and I, I didn't grow up going to see a therapist. And oh yeah, next door neighbor, or the next city, there's a psychologist. Go and visit a psychologist. No, 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 no. That was foreign. Never heard of oh, there's something called depression and anxiety and trauma. And yeah, when you're not feeling so good, you can go and talk to somebody, and they can listen to you without judgment, and nobody will tell your story, so you're safe. There was nothing like that. Yeah. And it wasn't until I came to this country, Lisa, about more than 20 years ago, went to college and learned, oh, psychology. Okay. You can actually go and talk to somebody and they don't have to share your story. That's awesome. You know, I got curious. That's and a key factor. Getting yes, curious. I got curious. And my curiosity was like the driver the push, you know, that fuel that that propelled me to want to know more, to learn more, to discover, to evolve. That to me, the curiosity, like you feel that oh, some, for some people, it's a whisper. Uh, you know, for some is God sending somebody to speak into your life and therefore you get inspired or motivated and then therefore you go. You know, for me, um, it was just the curiosity to want to know more, to learn more. Looking around, I saw happy people. Yeah, some of them shared their stories, but 
they appeared okay. Like, okay, they got this together. They got their life together. What more could I do for myself? Because in Kenya, you know, you there's a primary school, the elementary school, the middle school, the high school. I went to high school. Uh, it was a boarding school. And um, parents would come to visit their, their children. I had no one coming to visit. I have family, but they also didn't have much to spend, to travel, to come and see me. I think I had maybe two visits for the few years I was there. The rest of the time, I had to be very nice to my friends to come and visit, to share their food or their goodies that their parents brought. In the evenings, when we would go to the study rooms and all, uh, I would put my head on my desk and nobody knew what I was doing. But Lisa, I had a picture of my mother and I would look at that woman on that picture and cry. That was my therapy. <laughs> mm. Anybody asking what was therapy like? That was therapy for me, right? Right. Yeah. But there was always that voice, inner voice, telling me there's more. And there's more. And I kept looking for more and getting hungry. I wanted to be hungry for more. People get hungry for more, but their more may not be my more. My more was, I'm going to get out of this country, go to another country for higher education, not knowing anybody, not a relative outside the country I knew, not anybody, but I knew God. I knew God, and that made all the difference. And once we trust his God, he will make the way for us. You know, sometimes we just hear, like, it's a cliche. For some of us, it's real. We've walked the path, we have experienced it, and we've experienced this love of God and how good he is once we commit ourselves to him fully. It doesn't mean we are perfect, but he perfects us because he's a perfect God, and that's what he does. So with all of that and coming to this country, um, went to college, I'm hearing about psychology. I got curious, going to different churches, listening to preachers. I thought I would be in full-time ministry, preaching and hammering the gospel. The gospel. Well, I do preach, but I'm also a therapist, you know, and I'm glad that I can do both by the grace of God, right? And so it was during that time of going through school, uh, listening. I like to listen. I would rather be on the listening end. Yeah, the listening side. When you listen intently, you you know, you become intentional. And then what are you going to do with that information? So, and also being deliberate to break the cycles of life that keep following us, that repetitive behaviors that keep, you know, following us everywhere. And they'll follow you. But you come from Kenya, you come to Arizona, these behaviors will follow us. And we must be so intentional and resilient, be able to, I don't want to say bounce back, but bounce back. Stand tall, look at yourself in the mirror and say, enough is enough. In working on your mind every day, it is a full-time job. 
It is a full-time job. Yeah. Evangeline, you're going to make it. You will, you will make it. You must, there's no, it's non-negotiable. It is non-negotiable. People can tell me, can tell, you know, Lisa, as women, people can tell us, oh, your hair looks so beautiful. Oh, beautiful smile. Oh, great. But if you don't tell that to yourself, oh, it's not going anywhere. You are absolutely right. It's how do we show up to ourselves too? Because yes. we, we are really concerned a lot of times with how we show up in the world. And, and a lot of times that's external, how we show up. Hmm. Well, you're talking about something deeper inside of ourselves. How do yeah. I show up to myself? How do I see myself? And when you were talking about it, it starts in the mind. And how do we have peace with ourselves and go, I'm enough because God is enough. That's what I, I love is that thread and how you, you know, weaving that in throughout your story is, and I wanted more. And it's because of God's story. You see your story as part of God's bigger story. Absolutely. And that's enough. Yes. And because yeah. of him, we are enough. And it's just, it's not a question. We are, it's that knowing, the knowing is that conviction. I know what I know that I know that I am enough because God says so, not because somebody says so, because my mother, as much as she said so. And by the way, I lost my mother when I was 10, barely 11. So with all the horror in my childhood, you thinking, okay, that's enough. Oh no, there was more. Mm-hmm. A girl at my age losing her mother at barely 11 or 10. And then a dad who was not in the picture because he moved on. Yeah. Okay. I had every right to say, yeah, I'm going to fit in this box. Mm-hmm. I'm alone. I'm lonely. I'm traumatized. This is it. Okay. Don't give up. I tell every woman, do not give up. Young, mature, in a, whatever, do not give up. That is an injustice to yourself. We cannot give up. That's so important because it's easy to throw in the towel sometimes and, and yeah. to just settle in our own stories and go, I will always be, we know we don't use the word victim, but we just kind of give into that mentality. And I, I can never rise above and we give all the excuses why we can't. Yeah. I'm not smart enough. I don't have resources. I don't have, I didn't have this upbringing. And so we always, we fill in the gaps and in the, and I've done that with my own story. I mean, if I could go back and tell my 35 year old self something different, it would be that like, you're enough. It's okay. Say the course. Um, and I think, you know, when you get, when you get to the end of your life, what do you want to look back and see? Yeah. Right. And who do you want to go? I was so proud that I, I was able to do this. I, you know, I saw myself this way. Address that in the few minutes we have left to, for our listeners out there going, gosh, I think I'm stuck in my story a little bit and I want more. I want what you're saying and, and what you're talking about. What are some steps? What would you suggest to some of our listeners to go? I don't have to settle. You don't have to settle and nobody should have to settle. For me, um, I grew up without books. I had no, you know, people grabbing books, books everywhere. Then I came to this country. There were books everywhere, libraries full of books. I started reading, but my reading was also intentional. I wasn't just reading anything. You read what will build you up. Yeah. You 
read with intentionality and exercising, just physical exercises. You know, go run, go jog. You don't have, if you don't have the funds to pay for a gym fee every month, surely you can walk outside your neighborhood, hoping it's safe, you know, but be creative. Uh, for those that need to see a therapist, go see a therapist. But as you see a therapist or a psychiatrist, you still got to do some work on yourself. Mm-hmm. You cannot leave it up to the professional to do it all. At the end of the day, it's us. Well, we want quick fixes. They're not quick. I, I want, I want to be over this. I'm, I'm tired of this. I want to be, I want to feel whole, like you were talking about. You want to be whole. And I think that's one of the, the things. So address that, like the journey. The, the if, you know, the, from again, the reading, talking to people, making sure you have the right people in your circle. Who is in your inner circle? Who is speaking into your life? Who is feeding you? Right. What are you listening to? What are you doing with that information? Are you angry? You know, do a self-evaluation, kind of self-check, and it can be a daily thing. You, A thought comes, ask, pause, what is that thought? Where is that thought coming from? What triggered the thought or the feeling or the action, right? So we got to be deliberate, intentional about life. So we cannot be casual about this journey. Yeah. If you're casual, you're going to leave some casualties behind. Let us not be casual. Let us be committed to take care of ourselves. Let us be commit. If you've never committed to anything, anybody, at least commit to yourself. At least say, today I'm going to commit to taking care of myself and loving on myself. And appreciate the the story you tell yourself. Absolutely. Tell your story. Maybe we've been telling other people's stories for way too long. Now tell your story to yourself, me, myself, and I. You're important. Put yourself in your own boardroom. Run the show. Show up for yourself. Yeah, look good, feel good about yourself. Take notes about yourself. Do your thing, girl. Do your thing. Love on yourself. It is important. Wow, those are just such great words. I mean, that's for men, women, anybody at any stage in life. We're never too young. We're never too old. And to be a student of ourselves and 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 be kind to ourselves. Yes, be gentle. A lot of times I realize, you know, I'm I'm abusive to myself and my self talk. I would never talk to somebody else the way I talk to myself. And we tend to do that. You know, some of us tend to do that a lot. Oh, I'm stupid. Oh, look at how stupid I look. Who? I, I mean, I'm like, who? No, no, no. Yeah. We, we, we got to stop it. We do. We have to stop, stop that. It. And maybe that's one of the first steps is like being aware when I start saying negative things internally to myself, when I start having those negative thoughts, like I can't, I won't, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. Stop right there. Yeah. That's why we need to stop. You pause. What did I just say? And to who? I right. say that to myself. We need to repent. Exactly. You're absolutely right. And go be kind because I matter, right? I matter to God and how God sees me and starting to even like, how does God see me? He sees me through the eyes of love. Yes. You know, one time, Lisa, maybe I can finish with this. I was reminded, God reminded me, see yourself the way I see you. 
see yourself the way I see you. And even today, there are days I have to remind myself to see myself the way he sees me. Yeah, absolutely. Which is very different than how we see ourselves. Yeah. Let me ask you a question here. So in all of this, as you work in this field, and um, I just so appreciate your voice. You have so impacted my life in a short amount of time. And I can't wait for the work we're going to do together. Yes, I'm excited. Um, it's, it's just exciting. But what brings you hope in this world as you see just so many challenges you know, with people and this whole thing with mental health is at a crisis level? But what gives you hope? What gives me hope is knowing that God is faithful. And we, I bring with me, I carry potential solutions. I just need to surrender so that I can, God can use me however he wants, wherever he wants. Yeah. So I just need to, I surrender. I surrender to him with all the potential we showed up with when he created us. We bring solutions, but we must surrender for others to benefit from that. Because what I carry isn't mine. It's for another woman, for another girl, it's for a a young man. It's not mine. And I love that because we're all connected. We are all connected. We all, and 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 with that, I'm just going to, I think that's so beautiful. Just a reminder that we're all connected to each yeah. other. Yeah. We belong to each other. Yeah. And well, we need me, we need each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, thank you. Not enough. How do people find you? Oh, great. So we started uh, an organization. We have a website, Kenya Alliance for Mental Health. Kenya Alliance for Mental Health. They can go to www.kamh.ngo. Our information is there. You'll see the great work we've continued to do. We are excited. We are grateful for that opportunity to be able to serve. That's so great. Well, as always, thanks for being part of this podcast and the Amplify Peace community. For more information on living as a peacemaker in today's world, connect with us at AmplifyPeace.com and you can follow us on all social media. Shalom. This program was sponsored by Amplified Peace.